I'm Nuria Martinez-Keel. And I'm Dale Denwalt. You're listening to The Source. Thanks for joining us as we discuss the Oklahomans' most impactful stories with the reporters who wrote them. The number of Oklahomans eligible to receive health care paid for by Medicaid will grow by about 200,000 people on July 1st. But recent developments at the legislature and the Oklahoma Supreme Court have complicated the future of the program. Reporters Dana Branham and Carmen Foreman have joined us today. Both of you have covered Medicaid expansion in Oklahoma. Dana, I was hoping you could give us just a quick primer here. What's changing with Medicaid and who's becoming eligible that maybe wasn't before? So low-income adults whose ages are between 19 and 64 and fall into certain income categories will um, will now be eligible to apply for Medicaid through the state of Oklahoma. Um, they can they could begin applying this week on June 1st. And so for those who uh, are approved, their coverage will start on July 1st. And where is the money coming from to expand Sooner Care coverage? So 90% of it is coming from the federal government. And then um, Oklahoma will pick up that other 10%. So I know even though the federal government is covering 90% of the cost associated with expanding Medicaid, there are some who worry about the impact that the extra 10% will have on our state budget. Uh, Carmen, I know you've written extensively about this. What have state government officials and lawmakers had to say about Oklahoma taking on that extra cost? I mean, is it is it going to have much of an impact? So they estimate that for the next fiscal year, which starts July 1, that that cost is going to be out about $164 million. But the hard part is, is that at first, um, one, you have a lot of people that come on through Medicaid expansion that haven't had health insurance for a while. And so they are, they have serious, sometimes very serious health problems and, or they haven't been to a doctor in five years, 10 years. And so they go to a doctor for the first time and the doctor says, you know, oh, you have cancer or you have a serious illness, you need chronic help. And so those things can really add up. Plus, state officials have expressed some concerns that, you know, the estimate estimate is that about 200,000 more Oklahomans will qualify for Medicaid, but they have expressed concerns that perhaps it could be more than that, in which case the state's share of the expansion could cost more than $164 million, which is what they budgeted for. State uh, officials uh, were resistant to the idea of expanding Sooner Care, uh, also known as Medicaid, for, for many years. Um, the expansion, though, didn't happen until voters approved a constitutional amendment last year that forced them to do it. Um, th- this question is for, for either Carmen or Dana. Why was it so important for Oklahomans to be able to access this expanded Medicaid? Um, what, you know, are, are, are we generally less healthy, um, less insured? Um, what, what was the impetus for expanding Medicaid in Oklahoma? Yeah, there's, um, you kind of hinted at all of it. Um, Oklahoma is one of the lowest insured rates in the country. I think, if I remember correctly, we've been 46th in the nation for a while. Um, Oklahoma has pretty poor health rankings across the board, whether it's diabetes, the number of people who smoke, the number of people who have heart disease. Um, it's, it's pretty much a bleak picture. And so advocates for Medicaid expansion have argued that by expanding Medicaid, 
um, that improves access to healthcare for folks who maybe cannot afford it on their own and therefore could improve the state's health outcomes as a whole. And Governor Kevin Stitt has suggested his own plan for expanding Medicaid coverage. Uh, He calls that Sooner Select. How does that plan differ from typical Medicaid expansion that you might see in other states? So the the Medicaid expansion will happen regardless on July 1 um, because it's in our state's constitution. Basically, we have to do it um, and our state lawmakers have to fund it. What Governor Stitt wants to do is he wants to basically take a large portion of the state's Medicaid population, um, probably say between 700 and 8,000 people on Medicaid, and have instead of having the Oklahoma Health Care Authority, which oversees the Medicaid program, sort of keep an eye on the care for those folks, he wants four major health insurance companies to basically take over the care for those Medicaid recipients. And the idea behind that is that those health insurance companies could do a better job of making sure people go to primary care doctors or get flu shots or get regular health screenings. And so the idea is that you catch problems become before they become really bad, before they become chronic illnesses, and before they become very costly for the state, essentially. And Dana, this was, they were in the middle of rolling this out, Dana, isn't that correct? Yes. Um, So applications um, just opened for this new expansion population um, when when we learned about uh, this latest development. And and to that point, um, Sooner Select, which is uh, Governor Kevin Stitt's plan, I was scheduled to officially launch July 1st with uh, applications opening up June 1st. Um, but the state Supreme Court just came out and dealt a blow to uh, to his idea for managed care in this way. Um, what did the justices say about the plan? So um, actually, you're, you were a little off there. Sooner Select was supposed to take effect October 1. And from the start of the expansion, there was going to be like basically an enrollment period like at the Oklahoma, and we have a two or three week enrollment period every year where we get to pick our health plan. So it's going to be the same thing for Medi- Medicaid recipients. Um, as for the Supreme Court justices, in a six to three ruling yesterday, the Oklahoma Supreme Court decided that um, basically the state administration and the health care authority did not have the power to move forward with um, putting out an RFP to um, then and then to inking contracts with these four health insurance companies to implement managed care in our state. And there's some question about that because lawmakers passed a bill toward the end of session that some could argue does give the health care authority permission to do managed care, but uh, proponents of that bill, which is Senate Bill 131, have said that no, they really only passed that because the governor was going forward with managed care, despite uh, some lawmakers' uh, angst about that. And so this was their attempt to put a framework around managed care or to put um, guardrails around it to protect the state and give the legislature more say in the future of future implementation of managed care. And, and the state is in the middle of rolling out all of these changes. Carmen and Dana, does anyone really know at this point what the impact of this state Supreme ruling will be? 
it's complicated and up in the air. Um, I think if you asked somebody in the legislature, somebody in the governor's office, somebody in the healthcare authority, they would all give you a different answer about what happens next. Um, and what the governor kind of said earlier is that he thinks this is, this will delay implementation of managed care um, as opposed to stopping it entirely. Um, so it's kind of up in the air, but you know, this is so, for the average person, this is so deep in the weeds, right? Like if you are in low income and in need of health insurance, this does not change anything for you. And if you fall within the parameters of those who qualify for expansion, you will still get, you could still apply for expansion benefits. You can still um, get those benefits and they will come to you perhaps in a different manner than how they would under the governor's proposal. I really like the uh, the pause uh, indicating that um, uh, along with everyone else in state government, ne- ne- none of us really know what's going to go on next. Um, and just to clarify, Dana, um, you know, this expanded Medicaid, Sooner Care, Sooner Select, this isn't really um, a concern for people who have insurance through their employer, right? No, it's not. So that this wouldn't change the insurance that if you have a job that provides health insurance, that's not really going to play in here. This is more for people who who don't have that and are looking for a way to get health coverage uh, through the state. So like like Carmen said, though, a lot of things are up in the air about this. If you fall within those income guidelines and so for one person, it's making below about uh, about $18,000 a year, or if you're a family of four, it's below about um, $36,500 a year. Um, so if you're falling below that income guideline and you live in the state, you can still go ahead and apply. You can apply online. About um, I think about 3,400 people have done it since it opened up um, on Tuesday, so yesterday. So uh, people are still able to get those applications done. And uh, how does somebody apply? Do they just go to the OHCA website? So there is a website. It's called mysoonercare.com. And if you go to that, you can, um, you can start an application there. If you don't have access to the Internet um, or if someone, someone you know doesn't, there's a, a helpline for them to call. Um, and you can also even fill out an application and mail it in through the mail. So... Um, what I've heard from um, from the folks in charge with this is that the online application is probably the preferred route because you'll find out almost instantly if you um, were approved and then you'll have coverage. So, um, and then the, the phone or mailing it in will take a bit longer to know that. And what's the, the message to the public that uh, medical officials and the folks running this expansion program, what are they saying? Because you mentioned there have been a couple thousand people who've signed up in the first few days, but this could expand to maybe up to 200,000 uh, new openings for, for Medicaid coverage. So what what's the message right now to the public, um, just letting them know what's changing here, what they're hoping to see? Yeah, the message that I've heard is that this is just going to be a way for more Oklahomans to get health coverage and for them to, um, to, to go ahead and apply for that coverage as soon as they can. Um, because the sooner they do it, their, their coverage will start on July 1st. If someone waited until after July 1st, they could still apply. They could still get that coverage. It's just not going to start until the day you apply. 
Um, and one thing um, an expert mentioned that I, I heard that was um, important, I think, to mention is you want to apply before you get medical bills because they're not going to cover bills retroactively. So if you want your health insurance to apply to services or care that you need, you need to have that in place before something happens. So the message I've heard is just go get it done. I've heard a lot of people this week um I should say proponents of the state question for Medicaid expansion, just sort of like celebrating, you know, that like this is finally happening. I mean, Dale, you covered politics before I did, and I'm sure that this issue, Medicaid expansion, has been talked about probably to death for the past decade, if not longer. And so I saw plenty of people celebrating on the first day of enrollment saying, look, this is this is how elections work. This is how you win elections. And this is, you know, the tangible benefits of getting out to vote. Um, And I was going to mention something else. I thought it was interesting in Missouri, they also passed a constitutional state question to expand Medicaid. And it's now turned into this whole big fight because lawmakers basically refused to fund it. And I honestly kind of thought that might happen here in Oklahoma, but it didn't. So... It's been really surprising, and it kind of caught me off guard when uh, when you open up the newspaper one day and it said that Oklahoma has expanded Medicaid um, because uh, you know ever ever since the the idea of expanding Medicaid kind of gained traction on the left, it's been an uh, an, an immediate no from those on the right, especially here in Oklahoma. Uh, so I, I think it'll be interesting to see because uh, I, I don't think that the state necessarily needed to add anything to the state question, um, aside from maybe uh, adopting some rules about how, you know, the money passes through, um, and, and also, of course, to fund it. Um, but, Carmen, you know, there there might be a special session, I heard, uh, later this year to deal with redistricting. Um, is it possible the legislature could, could uh, expand the scope of that or, or, or the governor um, uh, who calls the special session, uh, could he expand the scope of, uh, of any special session this year to include um, uh, tacking on some amendments to, uh, to this? That's a really good question. That was my first thought when I saw that Supreme Court opinion was, hey, is the legislature going to have to come back in special session? Um, and obviously, Dale, you know that um, the governor typically is the only one is the one that calls a special session. Usually it's done in conjunction with a chat with the Speaker of the House and the pro tem and they're all on the same page. But um, it's possible the governor could call a special session to deal with managed care. Um, I did ask his office that very question this morning, and they said the governor was going on vacation, so he's not <laughs> imminently concerned about it. Um, the other thing I would mention is that it sort of goes back to this argument about the legislation that was passed at the very end of session. And I think... That you could argue, and maybe the governor's office will try to argue, that Senate Bill 131 and the legislature's passage of that approved, essentially approved the health care authority going forward with managed care. And so because of that, if you did look at it through that lens, coming back in a special session wouldn't really accomplish anything. But you could also talk to some lawmakers who supported Senate Bill 131, and they would absolutely tell you, no, we we weren't giving our approval to managed care. We were just saying, if we're going to do it, we're going to do it X, Y, and Z way. 
but it's all very complicated. <laughs> Who knows what could happen next? Well, Dana and Carmen, thank you so much for joining us today, talking about a subject that is really complex, but also really impactful for a lot of Oklahomans. So thanks so much for lending us your time. Thanks for joining us this week. This podcast is possible because of the Oklahomans subscribers. We encourage you to subscribe if you can. You can read these stories and more every day in the Oklahoman and at oklahoman.com. Check back next Friday for a new episode.